This week's podcast, we are remembering Scott Reddick passed away unexpectedly earlier this week. Really one of SCCA's legends at a very young age. Uh, he's, he reached that legendary status. Uh, Scott, clearly one of the best drivers who ever competed in the SCCA. Uh, he won seven runoffs, his seventh title this last fall at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in an FE2 car. He's also a regular up front in the uh, in many Spec Racer Ford races. Scott was the owner of Alliance Autosport, a team that uh, prepped some of the best Spec Racer Fords and FE2s in the country. So uh, we got this news this morning uh, from uh, from the community of racers. We're all basically a big family, and uh, the news came out this morning. And and you know. Across the board, first shock, uh, Scott was 37 years old, I believe. Um, and then a lot of folks who, who got to know Scott over the years just kept on saying these wonderful things about Scott. Um, my one uh, real uh, remembering of Scott is when I first met him back in 2010, uh, we were at the 25th anniversary of the Spec Racer Ford. It was a big uh, annual, uh, big reunion kind of thing. And uh, it was all the Spec Racer Ford, some spe- sports Renaults from back in the day, which is what my dad and I did. And um, and also because it was a, an SCCA Enterprises kind of thing, they had the FE2 cars. At that time, they were the FE cars. Uh, they weren't FE2s. And uh, Scott was just spectacular that weekend. I'd never seen him drive before. I'd never had a chance to talk to him before that weekend. And uh, he was he was pretty much a youngster back at that point. And I could tell right then that he was going to be somebody that we really needed to watch out for as a, as a kind of an up-and-coming and rising star. So uh, very, very quick and, and strong impression that he made on me. So uh, joining me to start this conversation is uh, our two guys who have been on our podcast before and uh, knew, uh, knew Scott, and I asked them to, to come on with us today, and I appreciate them taking the time on what's a tough day for everybody. Uh, Frank Schwartz is here, as well as Stevie Ray from uh, Ray Esport. And, uh, you know, Steve Ray does a spec racer forward in an FE2 type series. So, um, you know, a lot of, I, I don't know, uh, Stevie, did, did Scott participate in any of those sim races with you guys? No, I don't remember him actually uh, coming online with us. But he was a sponsor, right? Yes, sir. Um, we have three different classes that we run in the uh, unofficial SCCA league. And we have sponsors for each one of those classes. And he sponsored the uh, Spec Ford class for a season. And this last season, uh, currently sponsoring the uh, what we call the RE2. The uh, So we don't uh, interfere with the FE2 class, sure. but it, it's basically the same thing. So he uh, graciously sponsored that class. So it, it made it possible to uh, broadcast our league races. So w- when you started talking with Scott and talking with him about that kind of stuff, what were what were your impressions of, of him? Uh, just uh, very friendly, helpful. Um, he was very interested in what we were doing, very supportive. Um, and then when I met him face-to-face at the runoffs, it, the same kind of person, just a very helpful. And this was just another way for him to, to support the community and, and help get something going. Right, right. Now, you had uh, a meet-and-greet. Was it this year at Indy? Yes, sir. In October this last fall at Indianapolis, at, uh, our first ever uh, eSports meet-and-greet. So we got to meet face-to-face a lot of the guys that have competed during the seasons on the uh, the Ray eSports and earlier than that, the uh, SECA uh, eSports League. Sure, sure. That event with him there, what was the response when, how did, you know, how did he deal with folks? How did he talk with people when he was there? Just, just, uh, I don't know how to, Frank can probably tell you as, as much, uh, just a friendly guy. Um, we just had a, uh, a little race online. Uh, Nolan Feathers uh, hosted a, a memorial race and I was talking to him and, and said, I didn't know scott that long just this past year and he's known him for quite a while and he said it didn't matter how long you knew him you knew him five minutes and scott was just scott very friendly uh down to earth helpful guy frank you you know scott uh, how how did you two get to meet and, and how did your relationship start 
Yeah, it's funny. I would not. I would also not consider myself anywhere close to Scott's inner circle or or friends. Um, I, I'm just kind of gutted about the news because uh, you meet people, and you know there's certain people you gravitate towards, and certain people you you kind of. Uh, uh, I don't know the word I want to use, but you, you kind of drift apart over time. And and he was the kind of person that, you know, after I met him the first time, I was kind of looking forward to the next time to talk to him and, and to get to know him better. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't know anything about his on-track performance. Um, I started uh, renting race cars back in the 90s and then uh, – uh, uh, having a family, I kind of moved away from racing for a while. And a few years ago, I started again. And when I made the decision to start Grass Paddock Motorsports and start doing race car rentals, you know, one of the first things people said is, hey, you ought to talk to Scott over at Alliance. He's, you know, in Ohio and I'm in Michigan. So we're often at a lot of the same racetracks. And I've always seen the trailers and everything else. So you would think, uh, walking up to the trailer and saying, hey, I want to start a race car rental business. Um, you know, A, I'm a, potentially a competitor. Right. Uh, B, we don't have any history. Uh, you know, we had some friends in common, but it's not like somebody recommended me. I didn't go up to him and say, hey, Joe said I should come talk to you. And I just found that, uh, you know, he was he was extremely open and I wouldn't necessarily say welcoming from the first day, but he certainly didn't cut me off and, you know, make me feel like, you know, my questions or our, our conversations weren't important. And it was kind of cool, you know, as I, after that first time, you know, anytime we were at the track, I'd, I'd uh, make sure to go over there and, and chat a little bit and talk to him about my plans and everything else. And he was always super supportive in, you know, it's it's the best and the worst thing about what we do with with racing and the SCCA. Uh, I mean, we make some phenomenal friends through these uh, hobbies that we have. Uh, sometimes sharing the passion breaks down walls, but at the same time, uh, you know, even in the the people who may not be at the pointy end of the field, there's a competitiveness. So, you know, there's there's always some level of walls. I don't want you to see what I'm doing with my suspension. I don't want you to know this. I don't want, want you to know that. And it just struck me that he didn't have any of that. Right. It was, uh, and, and I know the, the, you know, I met him probably two years ago and at Indy was the first time I actually spent, Oh God, maybe an hour, an hour and a half, uh, in his compound at the runoffs talking to him and, and the other people around there, but, you know, with him mainly. And like I said, it, you know, what what's disappointing to me is I don't know how great a guy he, you know, really is to his friends because I never got to that point, but I was looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that just kind of gets snuffed out. You don't get a chance to get to know the guy better. And I feel like personally I missed something. I mean, not to be selfish, right. but... Um, I'm quite jealous of the people who knew him better. I don't have any uh, awesome stories to tell, no funny stories. It was, you know, most of our conversations were just friendly and and uh, centered around the business and the hobby and what we do and how we get people involved. And he always seemed excited in my ideas. And, you know, that's, a, that's an energy that's special because I can tell 20 people my ideas and 19 of them aren't going to make me feel very good about him at the end of the day. And he was just that kind of person who, uh, who made me feel that way. So it kind of matches what, what Steve said is, you know, you know, in five minutes or, you know, in five years, you know, you, you're, you're in the inner circle right away. You know, we spoke about just briefly before we hit the record button here, you know, it's kind of the measure of a person, how they treat people they don't know. You know, it's, it's easy to treat people who you know well and, uh, and, and, you know, when I met him at Road Atlanta back in the day, I interviewed him on the podium, you know, and I, 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 that's my job and he has to kind of talk to me, but after it was over, he stuck around and, and we chatted for maybe five minutes or so and, and, and he acted like I'd known him for, for 20 years and it was really kind of cool. And, and then when I saw all of the tributes today on Facebook, 
through all the different SCCA, you know, pages and stuff, uh, just one person after another saying, you know, wonderful things. And, and, and even people who didn't know him mentioning how big of a loss this is for the SCCA community. Um, because at age 37, Scott had a lot of years left to, to play with us and to, and to impart his knowledge and, and, and his friendship to people. And I'm sure that's going to be a big loss. Um, Stevie, how do we as a community come together on a day like today or on a week like this and, and kind of support each other? Wow. Um, it is hard. Um, I think this time is where the, uh, the social media can really shine. Um, We've made connections all over the U.S. and uh, some of us all over the world and just sharing stories or, or people that didn't know Scott reading some of the tributes. Um, some of my stuff is a league that is really worldwide and I've had guys uh, comment to me that they didn't know him, but from seeing what we had posted and stuff, they they really respected the, the kind of person he was. So the the uh, as bad as social media can be it it can also be very very good and and connecting for for people yeah you know i think what what made it hard for me is is you know as racers we go to the track every weekend and we know there is a inherent risk to what we do and um uh, while it's rare thankfully you know, if if I had heard that something had happened at the racetrack, that's something I could wrap my arms around. Um, but when someone's 37 years old and we don't know the circumstances behind, you know, what happened, um, but it didn't happen at the racetrack. It wasn't part of a race weekend. It kind of makes it hard for me to understand and, and, and accept because, you know, we, we're not we're not we're not prepared for these kinds of things. Um, and I think that's what made it hard for me, Frank, when I saw the, the news first thing this morning. Yeah, I um, I actually got the news last night, so um, um, it kind of made it difficult to go to sleep because I was at VIR and I saw him. Mm. I saw him at a distance. You know, I said hi and I waved. I, I was either rushing to grab something to eat. I, I worked. I, I had a rental. I uh, raced and I worked grid on uh, Friday, and uh, so I was pretty busy and. You know, I, I preach a lot to the people who rent cars from us that uh, racing is an interesting pastime because, you know, we spend on a race weekend two hours on track and 20 hours in the paddock. And that's, you know, always what I try to remind people that the 20 hours in the paddock is, uh, is at least as important as the two hours on the racetrack. And, you know, last night, especially for me, was uh, quite shocking that i didn't take five minutes and go over and say something right but if we take anything out of this i certainly hope that uh as a community uh you know we've had uh, we've had a lot of cars torn up this year at some of the super tour races and if we can just kind of dial things back a little bit and realize that it's the it's the paddock and off-track stuff that keeps us coming back as much as what we do on track that uh, people are important and time is fleeting. And uh, we just talked about this last night before we heard the news. Uh, you know, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago and the second best time is now. So mm. um, you see that person that uh, you enjoy spending time with or you want to get to know better, uh, take five minutes and go over and talk to them. Right, right. You know, it's it's interesting because, you know, Scott had seven national titles and and obviously countless race wins. It You know, it's easy to to maybe make some folks who aren't happy that you win all the time, you know, uh, when you're when you're that strong in a particular class. And and but, you know, I, I just like I said, I've I've seen. I've seen so many positive words from his competition as well as people who have rented from him and, you know, part of that whole world. He also ran at the 24 hours of Daytona with a team that he put together, you know, so his, 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 his reach is beyond the SCCA. And, uh, and I think that's part of the big family atmosphere that we have. And, you know, and, and as a club, we'll all come together and, and uh, we'll, we'll lean on each other and, and all of that. And I think that's part of the family atmosphere that we've 
generated within SCCA, and, I, and I'm part of other organizations as well, and I think that's a motorsports thing, right, the whole family thing? Yeah, even in the uh, the virtual world that I'm primarily with, it, it is very much a, a family-based uh, feeling that you have, just like SCCA. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Frank, before we wrap things up? Yeah, you, you know, if it affected me this way, and I probably spent maybe four or five hours with him total in the past two years, either in person or on the phone, it might be a little more than that. If, if if less than 10 hours of Scott has this effect on me, uh, I just can't imagine what this is doing to his family and close friends and certainly my my thoughts and prayers and, and whatever else uh, goes out to all of those people. It's, uh, it's too soon. Um, we all suffer and many of us won't realize how how what we do is negatively affected by the fact that he's not around anymore. So. I, f- I feel for those people, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say after that. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Frank. Stevie, any final thoughts? Uh, just just to echo Frank, um, I also heard last night uh, through the, the media, and just like Frank, I had a hard time sleeping, uh, thoughts going through my head. I only was able to meet the man one time uh one weekend there at, at the runoffs, but I was lucky to hang around his paddock area for several days there and, and felt like I got to know him fairly well. And just like Frank said, I, I can't imagine those in the family in his inner circle. Um, so many pictures and things have been shared during the day. Um, yeah, uh, thoughts and prayers with with everybody. It's it's really a tough loss for the whole community and and SCCA. Definitely, definitely. Frank, Stevie, thanks for spending some time. We've been uh, talking about Scott Reddick, uh, passed away earlier this week. Uh, Seven time runoffs title winner, one of the best ever to strap into an SCCA race car. And uh, but more importantly, as we've been talking about, just a really really good guy. When we come back, we're going to talk with uh, some of Scott's Alliance Autosports teammates uh, and have uh, them share some stories with us. Before that, though, I've got the uh, the last two laps from last year's runoffs, the uh, 20, I guess it'd be 2021 runoffs at Indianapolis. Uh, the last two laps of Scott winning, um, winning his seventh national championship. Uh, This is the call from the Performance Motorsports Network. Thanks to those folks for uh, giving me this to play this afternoon or this morning or today. And uh, we want to listen to that as we go. When we come back, uh, we'll be talking with some of Scott's teammates. All right, here they come around 14. Growl, Schaefer, Redditch, Acker, Wills, your top five. As they come down the front stretch, and it's going for the lead, is going to be Scott Redditch as he is side-by-side with Schaefer. Now they're going four wide down the front stretch. It's still Growl, Redditch, Schaefer, Acker, Wills as they go into one. Greg, straight All right, out. Mike, and as they come down into turn one, Carr taking the point. And coming through in the lead is the one is the number 17 of Scott Reddick. He gets around Max Grau. He is your new leader, Jeff Schaefer, who got an early, early jump, and then I think checked up in the worry that he might end up getting DQ'd. He had to jump back in line. He is now side by side, though, with Grau going into turn six A. That's the widest part of the horseshoe. And he is gonna fall back into third place. Then we've got TJ Acker. Then we've got Daryl Wills, but our new leader, Scott Scott Reddick, when he needed to make the move, he did in the turn one. He leads the field down the home and straight and over to Chris. Reddick is definitely in the lead here. He's got about two car lengths, but he is using every bit of curb he can find. Grau is not satisfied with being passed. And now you have the 92 of Schaefer all over the gearbox of Grau. This is shaping up to be a good battle, guys. Tim, they're coming towards you. All right, Redditch out front. About car length separates 17 to 71 and uh, the number 92 as they're going into the third team right now. And it's looking like they're going to be going nose to tail 
going into 14 with Scott Redditch out front. Over to you guys on the front stretch. You want a last couple lap battle for a win? You've got one right now. Leaders down the front straightaway. It will be Redditch, Growl, Schaefer, one, two, three. Growl now pulls right up on the gearbox, takes a look. Drivers left. They're side by side. Who's going to outbreak who in turn number one? All right, and with white flag in the air, very last lap, Max Growl hard on the brakes. Lots of brakes, folks. Reddit continues to lead well through turns one and two, and that has allowed Jeff Schaefer in the 92 machine to pull right up to the gearbox of Max Growl. About a car length and a half back is Darrell Wells in the blue number 47. Now side-by-side side, going into turn 6A, Max Growl tries to come around the outside of Scott Reddick cannot get it done. Reddick continues to lead as they go through turn 6B onto the Holman straight and these are going to be critical. Is Growl going to try to outbreak Reddick coming down into turn 7 and now Schaefer side by side with Growl going into turn 7 over to Chris. Growl did not get by. He's pinned behind Schaefer. He's looking for a way by. Meanwhile that's letting Reddick stretch out 6-7 Carlin. It's a nose to battle Tim. They're coming at you, but Grow is not done. He's not going to be satisfied with third. Reddit's still about seven out, and looking back here between Brown and Schaefer, about two car lengths separate them going into turn number 12 right now. Those to tail between Grow and Schaefer. Four car lengths separate Reddit and Grow, but it's looking like Schaefer is letting Grow know that he is still there. Guys, Coming around 14 with a head full speed. All right, Scott Redditch, first one around 14, coming down the front stretch. He's got about a three-car length lead. Checkered flag is in the air. Scott Redditch wins. I'll tell you, it was Scott Redditch. He knew at the end he had to make that run. He passed when he had to and held on to it. I'll, I'll tell you, Mike, as they came out onto the home and straight for the very last time, we had Scott Reddick. He had that lead, and for a moment, it looked like Schaefer was going to try to make a run on him, going down out of that, out of 6B and down the straight. But then we had Max Grau. He moved all the way to the inside. He was right on the white line, driver's left, coming down the home and straight. It would have been almost impossible for him to make that turn seven. He started pushing Schaefer to the inside, and that allowed Grau to really open things up before they went into the S's. The Schaefer and uh, and Grau actually touched wheels for a moment there, and uh, that's all that uh, Scott Reddick needed to take his lead and take the win. All right, well, congratulations, Scott Reddick. You are the 2021 SCCA National Champion in Formula Enterprise 2. All right, that was the race call from the runoffs um, last year. Scott winning his seventh national championship. Joining me now, uh, Tora Bonnier, Amy Hollowell, Al Hostetler, Scott's teammates at Alliance Autosport. Um, before we get started, I, my first guest on the podcast was um, a young man who was in that race with Scott. And so I watched this race last October uh, and and remembered how what a fantastic finish it was and uh, never thinking that we'd be sitting here today having this discussion. So um, thank you all for being with us today, um, with me today. I know this is an extremely difficult uh, time, and um, I really appreciate you all coming here. I expect that uh, I have my box of tissues here. Um, I, I, I expect that we'll have some interesting times here. And, and I think it's important uh, when this happens in our, in our family here, our SCCA and racing family, that we get together and we talk and, and we share good memories and, and tell great stories. And uh, that's what I'm hoping you know, we'll, we'll get a chance to do here. Um, I don't know how or who to start with. If I can get a show of hands, who, who knew Scott the longest here? Al. Al, okay. So you know what, Al? I think you're going to get stuck starting us out here. Um, and, and I appreciate you doing this. So I, I, as I told you earlier before we started recording here, my one time meeting Scott, I believe my only time meeting Scott, was uh, at Road Atlanta for the 25th reunion for the 25th anniversary of Spec Racer Ford. And I remember uh, seeing him and meeting him at the podium. And I believe he won pretty much everything that weekend. And um, 
uh, and he was just great. I mean, he, he, he only had to talk with me for 15 seconds in the little podium. You know, I put the microphone, hey, here's your winner or whatever. And then he stuck around afterwards and we chatted a little bit longer, which he didn't need to do because he, he had a lot of folks there and doing a lot of things. Um, and just all, all I could tell was two things. One, watching the racing, I could tell the talent right there. Uh, and this was, uh, I guess, 2010. So this is a, this is a while back. I knew there was a ton of talent there, but what a nice guy. Um, but you said you had a story from that event that you, you wanted to share. I believe it was that race. I know it was at Road Atlanta that uh, we were starting the car up, and all of a sudden it was smoking. And I said, Scott, I think the car's on fire. So he did his best to get out of that car in about six seconds. <laughs> And uh, it was just an electrical fire. And I wasn't that great with the car at the time yet, but I took it all apart and a bunch of wires had melted together right behind his shoulder where the master switch is. And it's like, oh boy, how are we going to fix all this without the parts? And I'm a mechanical engineer by education and stuff. And here I am doing electrics. So I just took and all these were positive wires. I just ran them all together, made a new loop, <laughs> put it on the master switch, we put him back in the car, and away we went. And the thing about Scott was he, he knew we all gave our best. He didn't ask, is the car fixed right? You know, did you do this? And he goes out, and he gives it everything he's got, and he's not worried about the car at all. So, And I may be wrong. I'm too old to remember <laughs> all these things. But I used to have that wiring harness pieces taped to our door of our rig. Mm to remember how we did that and it's it's eventually fell away but uh yeah. yeah we we did a lot of things to get him back on the track but it was safe but he just he had ultimate faith in all of us nice nice and uh i had ultimate faith in him tora you, you uh i reached out to you last night to to ask you to uh see if you wanted to, to join us join me and uh you mentioned you knew some folks who might be able to to uh to join us here so i want to thank you for uh getting amy and al to to be with us um what's your what, what what's your first memory of meeting scott who um i joined in 2013 that summer um i remember i remember that i recognized him because everybody knew Scott. He's he's from Ohio. I'm from Ohio. I, I grew up at racetracks. He was always in my peripheral, and I never really thought much until I started racing. And we had a not great experience with our very first rental, uh, and that was my driver's school. It's the first and only time I ever did not use Alliance. And the second time we raced, uh, I wasn't expecting much. I just knew that I wanted to really race my favorite local track, which is Nelson Ledges in Northeast Ohio. And my dad just says to me, hey, I, uh, we're with this guy named, I think it's Scott Reddick, Reddish, I don't know. Uh, well, we're going to try them out and see if they're any good. I remember um, my first thought was, and this is totally honest, my first thought was he's shorter than I thought he'd be. <laughs> but then um, the rest is history. I remember I got in from the very first time we were out there and he was just such a gentleman and I was mostly impressed by how he drove. I, I've never seen anyone drive the way that he does. He's like a computer when he gets behind the car. Uh, he doesn't drive. He, he dances. I've said that. He, he dances for this car. And I'd also like to throw on that I'm pretty sure Al is the biological father of Seven of Nine, which is the name of Scott's car. So Al is is the, the, the father of that race car. Um, but I, one funny story is, uh, well, Two, I think this happened in the same same race weekend, and this is back when it was um, Seraljo. Uh, just three, <laughs> uh, three of the mechanics and Scott. It was Seren Al who's here, and and Joe who's no longer with the team. But um, I remember the very like maybe the second session we went out. Uh, I drive by in the carousel of Nelson Legis, and all I see is the bottom, the belly pan of my dad's race car because he went upside down. And I'm freaking out because this is our first session out and these cars don't flip easily. And I key in and I just go, dad, are you okay? And just cool as a cucumber. He's like, I'm fine. I'm just upside down. And I think I've lost count how many times 
like as a team, we've re-quoted that. <laughs> and it just became an inside joke. Like if anyone's gonna flip a spec razor for it, it would be my father's. So <laughs> that was a that was probably I think one of my first real memories was experiencing that what the team is like when there's not an emergency, but they kind of had to hustle that weekend. I don't think that they were expecting somebody to flip a car <laughs> at a local regional race where there's only five cars on track. Yeah, it is. It takes some skill to flip over a spec racer Ford. Um, my first driver's school was in a sports Renault way back in the day. So, yeah, it, it takes some effort to do that. So um, just a couple of things. I, I asked a couple of folks who I saw their tributes on Facebook if I could read what they what they said, and they thankfully gave me permission. Uh, Justin Whithoff, uh, gutted to hear about the loss of Scott Reddick. Scott was the first person I called when I decided to move from carts to cars. Best decision I could have made. Not only did Scott provide the best equipment and customer service, but more importantly, he became a friend. Um, he put a picture up of him in the car. So um, more importantly, I became a friend. That's what I've heard so much in the last couple of days or the last 24 hours. Um, people talking about... You know, his talent on the track was undeniable, but uh, the friendship that I think he he handed out to a lot of folks was also there. Um, Amy, what was your you know what's your strongest memory or what's your first memory of getting together and and working with Scott? Uh, yeah, my first memory. Um, I just was looking to go from cards to cars, like another like any other young up and come driver. Um, my family already knew Scott had Alliance Autosport. Um, my older brother, Tim, used to race go-karts against Scott. Um, so we already uh, knew that and we thought of him immediately. Uh, we knew we wanted to go a different route than just going straight to uh, USF 2000. And so uh, I remember first walking into the shop to get seated in one of the rentals um, and Scott had, he had this whole document uh, set up for me, uh, talking about the gear shifts and um, the clutch and just the little specs about the FE2, uh, which the, was the rental I was starting in. Um, and at the bottom, he was like, just remember to go out there and have fun. Yeah, that's what, you, that's what we're all here to do. You know, we go to the racetrack. We're just here to have fun, and you know, if you take home some trophies, that's pretty pretty awesome too. And um, you know, what was a what was a race weekend like with Alliance Autosport? I see a giggle from I see all three of you smiling from ear to ear. Um, my, my first thought was, uh, are we at a regional race <laughs> or a big race? Because um, if I'm honest, there is quite an extreme different difference in the alcohol consumption and so sometimes <laughs> race weekends are much more fun and uh i won't say unmemorable just less able to re be remembered than others fair enough all the, it all depended on if scott was driving or not okay, okay. if he yes. wasn't driving he, it was a lot different than yeah. he was racing he didn't drive every race so that's also if it was like a smaller regional race those races were really fun um, because he got to take off his driver hat and just be captain and, and coach. And I think that's honestly what he loved to do the most. He absolutely adored coaching when we were at Groton. I, I know how much he loved being there because you could go on the top of the, the rig and see pretty much the entire track. And he'd spend all day up there and come down like toasty red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. T tell us a little then bit what of what he did. Oh, go ahead. And then what he did in the evening was he went fishing. He loved to fish at Grattan and say how many fish he caught. Or didn't. Or turtles. <laughs> That's great. With that so he knew how to have fun. He knew how to have fun and he knew how to race. That's pretty cool. So um, I've heard so much. Let me. I've got another one here from Quentin Nelson. Uh, such a loss for words. Uh, such a great friend, mentor, coach, and all-around great person. Scott, you'll be truly, truly be missed. The track will not be the same. Thank you for all the great times, the memories, and showing me parts of the country I never thought I'd I'd see. was great uh, sharing podiums, victories we took together. Rest easy, champ. So coaching and mentoring, that takes um, a special skill 
you know. It takes a special skill to do it well, and it takes a special something to want to help your competitors beat you. And not everybody's willing to do that. So can um, maybe, Amy, you could tell me a little bit about his coaching and, and the types of things. How, was, was he a, a father figure coach? Was he a, was he a, a, a raving basketball coach coach? <laughs> what was his coaching style? <laughs> Uh, I'll be honest, the first time uh, I've only been used to my brother coaching me. So the first time my brother was at one of the races and Scott was going over data with me, like, I'll be honest, I was a little terrified, kind of a little intimidated (laughs) by him, just all the knowledge that he absorbed um, with uh, the racing. But uh, he was definitely straightforward. Uh, He was very blunt, um, but he always made sure to like not sugarcoat anything and he would always give you praises where there were praises to be and he would give you uh, improvements where he saw improvements and so he's really helped for my um me as a driver just only being with the team for three years um he's really uh helped with my my personal driving and he was a great mentor to me Al, it it seems like every time i've i look at the results from a, a big event over on the east coast there's always a bunch of alliance autosports cars running up front was what was his thought process on being a, an owner of all these cars and providing the experience and to, to the drivers that come you know and, and spend money with the team um how did he how did he manage that team how did you know what was that kind of what was that like scott was a phenomenal i'm sorry scott is a phenomenal individual how that man could coach all these drivers drive his race car fix us lunch and dinner order parts keep track of tires it blows my mind. If everyone knew how much my little buddy did to build his team, it's unbelievable. The books he took care of at the racetrack or at the shop, it's just, uh, we're trying to fill his shoes. And I'm a lot bigger than Scott is, and I'm not going to come close at all. But he, we kept trying, or I guess maybe I should just speak for me. Scott, we got enough cars. We got enough cars. No, no, we got to have more. We got to have more. I want everybody in the top. I want Alliance to be one through 20, however we can do it. Uh, and and we kept talking more and more cars. We got like 12 FEs and 20 some odd spec racers. We're going to have two GT2s. And he want, he wanted more. And uh, he just wanted the team to keep going and excel. And and as Tora and Amy were talking and other drivers, too, they didn't get to hear me on the radio with Scott. But a lot of times I was, on, I was always on the radio with him on the FE when I was there. And But a lot of times I was the spec racer. So the, the race is over. Now I have to tell him, how did Amy do? How did... Quentin do? How did Tora do? How did I had to go through and go through my phone and all that to say, okay, they're here and they're here. He'd come by and say, hey, I see so-and-so's off. Are they okay? I don't know. I'll find out. He's out there racing. Okay, the race. And even during the race sometimes, he'd call in and say, is Ray doing okay? Because he couldn't see him. He's out there racing and he's worried about the rest of the team out there too. I don't know how many drivers could do that. Scott was genuine in that. He wanted me to tell him, how are the other people doing? I don't think any of the drivers ever knew the conversations him and I had like that. And that's that's the Scott I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was... Uh, I'm not supposed to be the one crying here. <laughs> um, I've, had, I've had a few days of head start on you. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, it, it strikes me as, did Scott enjoy everyone else's success, success almost even more than his own? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
uh, trying to think, uh, Alex Satora, who started renting from, I'm sorry, gals, if I jumped in on you, but you can get in there too. Alex Satora did a great race at, uh, Gingerman. And, uh, I had sparkling water that I would drink at the races and stuff. And Scott didn't have any champagne around and Alex did really well. Next thing I know, he's spraying down Alex at the racetrack <laughs> as a victory thing. And Alex comes to me and says, here, Scott told me this is yours. So not only was he celebrating with Alex, Scott was playing a joke on me that there went my water to use his champagne. <laughs> <laughs> so the other ones can do that too. But yeah, he was, he was always there. Uh, he'd get out of the car and have to run off to the podium. If, you know, we got out of FE and spec racer or something like that. So he could get to the podium to see the rest of the teammates that were there too. So I, I saw a picture of him dressed up in a ketchup bottle. Was, <laughs> was there a, a, clearly there's a fun side to Scott. Um, anyone want to share something that may, that won't get me kicked off the podcast air? <laughs> Uh, that's probably one of the photos I posted, actually. Okay. That was uh, pretty sure. Was that Halloween at Mid Ohio? I think I don't even remember what the context was. It might have been. Yes, it, you know what? It was the Halloween at Mid Ohio because they went to the competition at the like pagoda, and I I think it was another one of the the teammates won. I think Megan Knuckles won actually, but he he went in this uh in this ketchup bottle and he kept it on for the rest of the night and. Um, well, the rest of us, because he was driving that weekend, the rest of us had uh, a fun time with beer and we're introducing, I don't even know what it's called when you pop beer and drink it really quick. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly not the person to do that, but a bunch shotgunning. of people. Shotgunning. Thanks, Amy. Leave it to the college students. I noticed Amy came up with I was going to say, Amy jumped us. right in there with the definition of shotgunning. You and I are going to have to have some, some beer together at the racetrack sometime. She's in college. She's supposed to know that word. I probably knew it then too. But I got old. Um, Don't tell my dad. <laughs> yeah, I remember right. He's also got a mustard bottle costume too. Oh, that's good stuff. Good and stuff. Let's not even get started on the belly dancer. Oh, wait a second. I, I <laughs> you, you open the door. T- tell the story. That it's probably not my story to tell because it actually very far predates me. But he dressed up as uh he was supposed to be a belly dancer and it looked more like a, a jasmine from the movie aladdin nice play. but um the best part was that from the picture of him in this belly dancing outfit his friends created a giant life-size cardboard cutout of him in a belly dancing outfit and that did make an appearance at his wedding uh, which oh was my. probably my, one of my favorite parts about the wedding because I think we all took turns dancing with the cutout more than we did with Scott. Oh, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Scott enjoyed Halloween. Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds yeah, like a lot it. of different costumes and did different things. Yeah, he enjoyed it. Uh, we had a we ran a P two car for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, at the SCC, SCCA Enterprises wanted him to drive the p2 to get people interested in buying the close wheel car of mm-hmm. the fe so we took one of our cars and converted it to the p2 car and we called it the batmobile and uh scott campaigned that for a while and uh if, if roby clark's listening or something i hated that car <laughs> we ran it at indianapolis at the first runoffs it never went out on the racetrack the same way twice we kept adding parts, adding parts, adding parts, adding parts. But he found a Batman costume. And he had a couple of the crew guys who had a blast dress up as Batman. Nice. So we're a gingerman in the Batmobiles there. And Scott's in his uniform and Batman is there. And two little kids come down out of the stands. If you're familiar with uh, gingerman, there's stands right there at the false grid. They come down and they go, Batman, Batman. And Batman starts over and they get scared and they cry and they go back to their mom. But the crew guy that wore that came by later on and says, can I go around the, the paddock some more in the Batman suit? And uh, that was all Scott. Scott was doing all that stuff. So d- did you dress up as Alfred? I mean, that that would have been appropriate. Would have been very, very appropriate. Yeah. He said I couldn't wear the Batman outfit. I just wasn't built for it. <laughs> oh, boy. So. This has struck me. Um, 
I have two women drivers here with me. Um, that's um that's uncommon in motorsports. Period. Um, but it it but you're both working with Scott on the same team. Um, I'm guessing he was very supportive of that, or else you wouldn't be there. Do you have any uh any thoughts on what you know what what he shared with you about doing this sport as a woman driver? I don't know if Amy wants to go first, but if I'm honest, I think he's one of the first people that really made it abundantly clear how much he did not care that we were women. And it sounds weird to say because he does have one of the most diverse teams in the country. And that's why I was so grateful. I'm one of his earliest drivers and I'm not even the first woman that was on his team. There were, there were women before me. He's always been just, you want to race, you race. It's there's, you know, nothing more to it. And so I've had instances at tracks where I'm faced with the, you know, the reality of the, of the sexism some people still have. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I had an issue with a spectator at VIR and I went and told Scott and I was really upset. And he just goes, so I realized how big of a non-issue it was. He's like, you're the one that's in the car. Who cares? And it was one of the first times that it really made me think about how much it doesn't matter when everyone else was telling me that it did. And um, I, I actually don't know if, if Al knows this, but um, when he went down to, um, he was at uh, uh, Nashville for the Indy race last year in August. And I happened to be, I think Amy, Amy, you were there too, but I have. Yeah, I was with Scott actually. That's right. Uh, watching. <laughs> uh, I was just there for a bachelorette party. So I wasn't even affiliated with the race, but Scott kept texting me that he was trying to um, like do something so that he could get an, an advertisement for one of the indie races in the future. And one of the things he'd been chatting about was that he had, he'd gotten a slot for um, rotating ads at the next national Grand Prix. And one of the pictures we were, we were, I was pushing hard for, and he was sincerely going to do would be a picture of, of me, Amy, Sabra, or another driver on our team, some of the other women that we've had. And it just says Alliance Autosport tells you to race like a girl. Mm. Catchy. And uh, it's totally like, it is exactly what he would have said. You'd be like, you're a girl, race like a girl, which means we're out there kicking butt. And I, I, I'm going to miss that the most. Yeah. Amy, was your experience similar? Oh, definitely. Uh, he would, I was always, I've always been scared about that. Still growing up, like still growing up in the sport and still being uh, one of the very few at the track alongside Tora. Um, but he would always, if he would always give me encouragements because um, I'm usually pretty hard on myself at the track. And, uh, but he would, like say to go out there and uh, race like you know how and uh, yeah he really didn't have an opinion on whether uh, women were like not better than the male drivers or anything like that he he all he treated us all equal and that's what we all loved about him and being part of his team yeah or mentioned. Sabra Cook used to race with us too mm-hmm. for a while, and she went over to um, Formula W. Right. So she was she was with us too, and she basically moved up the ladder, you might say. So I think that's important too. Uh, it strikes me that there is going to be, without a doubt, you know, Scott's talent is unquestioned. I mean, it it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out you need to be pretty good to get seven national championships um i went to the driver registry and i lost count of wins at like 62 or something i'm sure there's a way more than that um i'm a journalist i can't count past fingers and toes times three so but um but i think the legacy and i know it's it's this is still very fresh and to think about legacy is is tough, but uh, I look at at Tora and and I look at uh, and I think about Sabra and I and I, I look at Amy and and some of the other names that I've I've seen over the years. Uh, the legacy of drivers who have gone through Alliance Autosport and have had some sort of connection to Scott 
is going to be, I mean, decades to come. There's going to be fingerprints of Scott all over this club. And uh, I, I think that that will probably be even a, a, a bigger um, accomplishment when we think about Scott in 10 or 15 years than all the national championships he's won and everything. The fact that there's so many people who he's helped and mentored and, and those folks are now going to take his tutelage and pass that along to other people. And um, that's, that's, I think, uh, going to be an amazing legacy as well. Um, so let's, um, let's try to kind of wrap this up with, if, if, if you each could come up with one more story to share, um, you know, one, when, when you want to think of how, how you want to think about Scott going forward, if you can come up with one more story, um, um, that you would like folks who might not have known Scott, you know, it was interesting. One other point, um, um, the folks who uh, you probably don't know, I, this is the second part of the podcast. Um, before we, you guys came and joined joined me, um, I had uh, Frank Schwartz and Stevie Ray were uh, were on with me earlier, talking about how you know their 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 friendships with Scott, and and the thing was interesting with both of them, and and like me, um, not anywhere near as close to Scott as you folks were, but made them feel like. He, he had known them forever, you know, very welcoming, very helpful. Um, and, and the three of us had said, you know, the measure of a, of a person in my mind is how they make the people feel who they don't know very well. Um, so, so you know, I, I think that's also such an important um, thought to have when we think about Scott. Um, so now that I've had given you a vamped for a couple seconds to give you a chance to come up with one more story to share um uh i'm gonna go right down the line from how i see you all and you don't know how i see you all but tori you're at the top of my screen so if you want to get us started um if you can share one more thing with us yeah i think i'm actually going to share something that's not racing related because uh we obviously like we're like family and we hang out a lot outside of the racing world and as much as i loved him at the racetrack that was a very different hat he wore and when he was, you know, not a driver was some of my favorite times with him. And uh, he really loved our local movie theater, this, this little uh, Grandview theater. And they would do um, old classic movies and beer nights. And that's, uh, that's just, you know, he'd get tickets and he'd text me out of the blue and be like, hey, I've got an extra ticket. Come over. We're watching Empire Strikes Back. And, We'd go to the movie and and order pizza from next door and drink plenty of beer and then walk around town. Um, I realized I, I don't think I've spent a New Year's or maybe even Thanksgiving's. I didn't like Al. I don't, I've always been like five, six years. I think we've spent every New Year's with, with the team. Um, holidays are going to be weird. <laughs> But he was so great at like parties and events outside of the racetrack. His his laugh is one of the goofiest things in the world. And I'm going to miss it so much. Oh, I'll be yeah, honest, it was yeah. a dumb laugh. <laughs> it was a dumb he, you could hear from across the room. You just hear <laughs> and you couldn't help but laugh too. That's mm. his. Yeah. Al, what 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 do you have for us here? Not to not to look like I hijacked Torah, but uh, bear with me. Mm, take your time. I knew Scott since he was nineteen. He came to uh, the team I was working with at the time, KME, Phil Kern and Nita, as as these girls did too, coming up and renting a car, and I was working for Phil at the time. And uh, Scott reminded me of this story, and I forgot it, that I was his first crew guy in the SCCA. And uh, I wound up being with him all the years he was in the SCCA, and even when we did some pro racing. It was, uh, I got mistaken for his father a lot of times, because in the SCCA, that's a lot of what you see as fathers and sons. 
But his dad, who's a tremendous guy, and his mom would just stand on the sidelines and watch us. And I, I was with him. Yeah. He was a racer. But he was a friend. Almost related. And we're family. And not everybody knows, but they will after this. I worked for, for Scott. I played with Scott. He doesn't pay me. I'm not paid crew or anything. And we made jokes about the, I let him drive my car. Uh, CERN and I built that car and it's got a ton of races on it. And I always laughed about that. He talked about, you were talking about counting his race wins. He talked about he would push me in my wheelchair to the false grid when we got to 300. Because I said, I probably wouldn't be able to walk then. And now this is the opposite. But a few years ago, I retired. And I was driving back and forth from Dayton to Columbus to go to the shop. And he had just got married to Rebecca shortly before that. And he said, well, just come over and stay with us for a few days and then you can go home each week. I said, you guys just got married. You don't want me hanging around there. He says, that's not a problem. That's Scott. Uh, when I went to move, this is Scott. He said, use the credit card, pay the movers with the Alliance card. You're moving because of me. I had to have some surgery this year that hasn't happened yet. He wanted me to have it earlier this year so that I wouldn't miss so many races. And he said, I said, well, I want to wait till March when I'm 65 and I won't have a, co a copay uh, that I got to pay a, a deductible of $4,000. Don't worry about it. I'll write you a check. Not too many people knew that. <laughs> That's Scott. I'll always remember that. And then my last championship with him. That's my buddy. Thank you. Mm. Amy, do you have uh, a final little bit you want to share? Uh, yeah, I... sorry, Al, we love you. <laughs> We're love all a family guys. at Alliance. We are. And um, is something short uh, that I remember uh, one of the races last year, uh, we were in the hauler and we were doing, we were going over data. I believe it was at Mid-Ohio actually. Uh, and I had on... Uh, fake acrylic nails because uh, that was like my reward for finishing out the semester was to get my nails done and Scott commented on them asking how can I drive with these acrylic nails and, I, and they were like a light blue and um, the team had uh, they've painted their uh, the mechanics nails before and so I knew that story and I told him I was is just trying to match him so I could match his speed. <laughs> he just kind of gave a chuckle and we just uh, continued on with the data. But uh, yeah. Thank you all. Um, I know this is still fresh and, and you know, it will, uh, it will go on for a long time. But um, I think, you know, the memories that you guys have are going to be what carries you through all of this. Um, and uh, I look forward to um, seeing what happens. I don't know what is going to go on with Alliance Autosport going into the future, um, but uh, I'm hopeful that the, the team can stay together and keep racing with Scott's memory, um, you know, going forward. So um, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Um, and please, you know, reach out to me if you need anything. If I can do anything, please, I would, I'm here. Um, and, and I would say, I don't often like to speak for all of the SECA because uh, I don't represent the club itself. 
Um, but I think I'm a pretty representative of a lot of our members and, um, we're a big family. So, um, there's a lot of people out there who y'all can reach out to. Um, I'm at the top of that list, but, um, I'm sure there are folks closer to home, uh, who also give good hugs, um, that, uh, you can reach out to, to, you know, the folks that you know, and and we're all going to be there for you. So. I don't have. I haven't seen anything on any kind of services or anything. When I do see that, I will put it in the show notes, um, and uh, I will make sure that that's there. Um, you know, if there's any uh, any information like that, we'll get that on the show notes. I could interject. They have they have scheduled some services. Okay. Uh, I have put it on Facebook, and other people are doing it. It's going to be Saturday, the twenty third. Okay. In uh, the Columbus area, uh, we're trying to get that out to people. Uh, through Facebook, uh, it's, it was amazing the outpouring of people uh, and how fast the news spreads. Yeah, but uh, it will be a celebration of a great individual's life. I will make sure that I get that information on the show notes as well, and uh, and of course, there's, it's it's it'll be all over Facebook, I'm sure. So, all right. On that note, um, I just want to give a quick thank you to the guys at Performance Motorsports Network for letting me use the clip off the top of the segment. Um, I'm going to try to get through the last couple seconds here. Um, I think the best way to end is the quote I see here from Scott after winning in October at the runoffs. Um, he said, there's been a, quite a few times we've had the car to beat and didn't win. Uh, today we did not quite have the car to beat. I just went out there uh, on my experience in racecraft, drove a clean, hard race, and came away with the win. Seems very understated, but it does seem kind of like what I would think Scott would say on a fairly regular basis. So I think the the easiest, um, well, it's never easy, but uh, the best thing to say right now is there are there are one too many angels in heaven tonight. Godspeed, racer. We are going to be missed. <laughs>